Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. This month, we continue our analysis into Star Wars villains, this time with Darth Maul. I'm Bryce Quinn, and journeying with me into the depths of Malachor is headstrong but impressionable Jedi Padawan, Carmelo Keating. Nice. <laughs> I was trying to think, I was like, you were doing that intro, I'm like, is he going to throw it to me? Where so the fuck is this going? Throw it to Emily, but yeah, okay. Awaiting him there in the depths of an ancient temple, we are also joined by the evil Sith Lord, Emily Holden. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> that's valid. That whole thing was a setup just to yeah. call you evil, by the way. Oh, I take it. I mean, <laughs> your track record on the podcast. That's exactly you what know. I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. when you were doing the intro, I was like, this isn't going to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Darth Maul has come up quite a few times on this show, and this week we've got some new ideas we're going to throw on the drawing board. But before that, let's take a look at his history, because he's got a lot of history. Uh, he does. And Emily, we've got you on the show this week because of your extensive love and passion for the Clone Wars. So yes, we'll be diving into all of that and who Maul is and what makes him tick. This will be great. I'm just ready for a bit of fact-checking back and forth okay. between myself and Emily on, on Maul's on, background. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Savage or- we're going straight at Let's start yeah. at the start. Okay, start okay. at the start. Phantom Menace. He was born. No. What do you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah, Phantom Menace. He was born in Lucas's mind as nothing but a cool guy holding a red lightsaber. And from there, Filoni took it up up and away uh, and made one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. I think as much as we're not the biggest fans of some of more uh, Filoni's more recent stuff with mm. the live action stuff, uh, we can we can confidently say Darth Maul is his his work, and he did a great yeah. job. It, it's entirely his character. Yeah. Like Lucas just made this like one note guy with two lines of dialogue. Yeah, is cool, but yeah. he's very cool. No, he hits cool. a child. Yeah, 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 but he wasn't a character until then. Uh, background on Maul. Yeah, background on Maul. Himself, background. Okay, so he was a son of Dathomir, mother of uh, a son of uh, Mother Talzin, uh, who was a night sister of Dathomir. His brother was Savage Opress, who you get to see in the Clone Wars. He's like Darth Maul, right? 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 But yellow and black, yeah, and bigger. bigger. Yeah. So, okay, just a quick question: What's their like physiology for the? For them, yeah. So they they've are, got the horns. That's yes, natural. So they're the but the markings are not. No, so they're of the the Zabrak species. Yeah, Zabrak. That's it. Yeah. Um. The the markings are tattoos. Yeah. That okay. the Night Sisters do to them. Damn good tattoos. Yeah. Seemingly do not fade. No, they do change. However, <laughs> <laughs> if you look at every different iteration of Maul That's in really funny. live action Clone Wars and Rebels. Even Ahsoka. Yeah. All the markings. Uh, yeah. Different anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no, 100%. I love Savage Opress. Like, you think Maul is an angry guy mm. and then you meet his brother and you're like, kind of chill compared to him. Yeah. Like, I think getting that background, especially on Dathomir, I love the episode where we get to see the trials of the brothers and who they decide to pick as yeah. Darth Maul's brother. And it kind of shows the brutality of where Darth Maul comes from. Absolutely. And it just explains everything. Yeah. So he's very much like from this very, very brutal planet, yeah. very harsh world mm. and a harsh culture. And it seems very violent and militaristic. It is. It's, it's, it's like, it's evil. It's sinister. Like it's, it's, it's ruled by witchcraft and yeah. witches. You know? And they sit like right on the edge of the dark side, right? Yeah. Like the, the night system magic is, I think. Oh, it's dark side magic. Yeah, yeah. Explicitly dark side magic. I've, yeah. I've got a note here. Um, that's so Sidious stole, uh, Maul as a child. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. Kidnapped him, uh, which was a betrayal of, uh, to Mother Talzin because they actually had a strong alliance and they were yeah. sharing their knowledge of the dark side. Mm. And then he saw in Maul like, oh, this is going to be a good apprentice. Yeah. He's worth yeah. stealing in order to like sabotage like this friendship I've got with Mother Talzin. Like yeah. that's a worthy... Which is insane. Insane like, considering see... how quickly he died. <laughs> yeah, and especially Mother Talzin like in the Clone Wars is an insane villain. Like yeah. the power she has is insane. And even when she brings... Not Savage Opress back and like the power she installs in Savage Opress. You're like, because mm. she kind of gives 
not the force to savage oppress. She gives him he, steroids. Yeah. He's actually super skinny, and then she juices him up, and yeah. then he gets bulk. Huh. So yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, are then all the people born on Dathomir, like, already kind of linked to the force and the dark side just because they're from there? Or, like, what is Mother Towson's ability? I don't know. You see the rest of the Knight Brothers. I think it's to imbue greater strength, but not force ability. Savage already had the capacity. But the other Knight Brothers are kind of just, like, wimps. And, like, yeah. you do see a bit where, yeah, because Savage has to, like, Kill his own. Kills his other brother, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good lord. Mm. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal show. There's the third brother who's dead. Ah. Think of it like the uh, the Luke Hemsworth (laughs) of this universe. They killed the runt of the litter. Yeah. And then Savage Opress gets trained by Count Dooku. Which is yeah, oh, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And he's part of like the the Ventress plot to overthrow yeah. Count Dooku because she was thrown to the wayside and betrayed. The Clone uh, Wars is just full of all of this, you know, much politics. Of rule betrayal. of two. There's rule. There's rule of two. Why rule are there two? five Sith going on at the moment? What's <laughs> going on here? But so, uh, Darth Maul gets uh, killed, or not killed, but severely <laughs> wounded at the hands of Obi Wan Kenobi. Kenobi uh, falls in two pieces down a really long pipe yep. and mysteriously ends up on a different planet yep. in a scrap. In a spider. So that's a that's a that's and a, he's like got spider legs. Yeah, so that's like a dump hole apparently. Yeah. But we don't know how he got there. Oh, he yeah, because he fell down that the the shaft and then he ends up in like a waste heap that okay. gets taken to a waste planet. Oh, yeah. this is the galaxy. Galaxy disgusting. So it's like a galactic trash yep. yeah. garbage yeah. truck. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and his rage is able to, and the fact that he, you know, like it was cauterized wounds, uh, you know, kept him alive. And then he built spider legs and like, he became a spider. And he was nuts. He lost yeah, his mind. That yeah. was the issue. Yeah. Right. He went, I mean, not the issue, but yeah, he loses his mind, but it's so unsettling. Like it's very much giving, um, no, the guy, the guy with the arms, the lightsaber dude. Steals on lightsabers. Oh, Grievous? Grievous? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a fight between Darth, Darth Maul with the spider legs and Grievous. Yeah, right. The True. uncanny. The spiders. And so, <laughs> Savage Oppress is given the mission, go and find your brother, he's still alive, yep. by Mother Talzin. Yep. I've seen these episodes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought they were okay. Yeah. You just saw these episodes? Someone he was like, the whole clone Bryce, you're wrong about the Clone Wars, we're going to show you the good stuff, and they made me watch Who a lot of- Who showed you that? Um, my friend Connor. He made me sat- It's not the ones you showed. He sat down, he <laughs> sat me down, he's so like, you got to watch the Maul episodes, they're really good. And I was like, they're okay. But once you get past the origins, then they're good. Uh, Once he gets his mind back. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, he has to get his mind back. And then he works with his brother and they become like this kind of unstoppable galactic duo. They become his new master and apprentice. So he takes on Savage, his brother, as as his his apprentice. apprentice. Okay. And like has to keep like putting him in his place. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, dude, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Because Savage is just like, again, on steroids. Yes. (laughs) Just killing everyone. One ambition is kill, you know? Ah. Whereas Maul's like. He's in, interested in power and tyranny and yeah, control and stuff. In being, you know, a Sith Lord. Yeah. So he sees himself now as the true Master Apprentice Sith Lord. Sidious betrayed him. Dooku's an imposter. And he knows about who the fuck is Ventress? Don't know who that is, you know. So we have a whole lot of politics, a whole lot of stuff going on, but I think the important part is how all of that ends in Clone Wars for him at the Siege of Mandalore. Because that's the real He has this interesting relationship with Mandalore where he's trying to conquer it and take it over. Yeah. Uh and then in the Siege of Mandalore. Before we get to the solo yeah. stuff, um, the Siege of Mandalore, it all comes to a head. He fights Ahsoka and loses, right? Yeah, so in, in yeah. Clone Wars, uh, he becomes the leader of the Shadow Collective yeah. that he assembled with Savage Opress and Pre Vizsla and his Death Watch uh, Mandalorian troopers. They just basically go around either killing or convincing a bunch of the crime underworld leaders to join forces. Yeah. And then collectively, they take over Mandalore. And then for a little while, uh, more... S- stays as the head of, of Mandalore 
even though, you know, Sidious does come in to clean up the mess that he made, kills Savage Press, he takes him prisoner, Maul's able to, he does some, some dirty deeds for Sidious again, he, like, Sidious actually uses him for stuff, then he breaks out. He kills Obi-Wan's girlfriend. He kills, yeah. yeah which is kind same. of like I categorize this as the nonsense. <laughs> Why? All of this nonsense. <laughs> because it's just so much fluff. The important thing is he's got a Shadow Collective and he's trying to take over Mandalore. All the other rest of it. You need to just... watch those episodes. You need to watch, you need to watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. I think that's like, oh, what's what's her name? Satine. Yeah, that's a brutal death. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like a. In front of Obi-Wan. No, he, it's like a. It's like a Star Wars, like, kind of Vader moment where he... It's brutal. That's all I've got to say. But, yes, eventually, because, yeah, Ahsoka comes in, the end of Clone Wars, the Jedi Purge happens, uh, Maul has to take the Shadow Collective uh, underground, and at some point that just becomes Crimson Dawn. Right. But he does do the real Sith thing, you know, of, of hiding in the shadows. But, basically, he's able to evade Sidious then for the next, like, ten years. He just... And that's after the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But he also, I think there's a really weird moment where he teams up with Ahsoka for a moment to escape out of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah during, the, during, yeah. during yeah. the Siege. Yeah. 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 Kind of, where she frees him and is like, you know, he's like, give me a lightsaber. Allies of circumstance. Yeah. 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 He's like, give me a lightsaber. And she's like, fuck you. No way. You cause a distraction. I do not care if you die. But yeah. he also, great. I think great. the moment which is so frustrating when he actually is like, goes to Ahsoka and he's like... <laughs> Anakin's okay. (laughs) (laughs) He knew, hey. No, he won. And that's, but that's the thing. Like, how do you, like, why was he building that Shadow Clan? Was he building it because he was like, nah, Vader's, that's not going to go well. He knew too late in the game, like around the time of Siege. And you see that over the course of those episodes that. uh, He's like figured out Palpatine's game. Yeah, he knows something's happening. And the way they allude to it as well, because he doesn't say anything. He's not going to say anything. Reveal the plan. It's. It's gorgeous. A bit more on on Maul the Man. Okay. Maul the Man, the myth, the legend. Uh, b- biggie Mauls, if you will. Um, I will not, actually. <laughs> I will. Maul is an incredibly sad tale of a man whose life was completely wasted for the sole ambition of revenge. He was ruled and fueled by hatred for Kenobi, which was misdirected aggression due to his own failures and his own hubris. He, you know, his, his destruction, essentially, uh, in Phantom Menace, was his own fault. So... Uh, he, eventually he grew to hate the Sith by the time of, of Star Wars Rebels um, and just was kind of s- singularly motivated by selfishness uh, in the time of Rebels. You know, his entire character story there is to just find Kenobi and kill him. Yeah. This is the part that I don't like. Yeah. I think everything up to Siege of Mandalore is fantastic uh, and Siege of Mandalore included. Like, his story is fascinating. I love the arc. I don't necessarily enjoy watching it. I just don't like the Clone Wars show. Yeah. But if you write down the story on paper, I think it's really, really great. After the Siege of Mandalore, we have a huge dark period where it's not, we don't know for sure what he is doing. And the stuff that we do know, like from comics and books and all that kind of stuff, is not really the most interesting. And I think there's a lot of potential there for rewrites, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, right. Especially because when we catch up to him in Rebels, yeah. that's the first time we see him not solo, right? Which one do we see first, solo or Rebels? We see Rebels. Rebels. Yep. We see him in Rebels and he's just there on Malachor. Yeah. And he's been crashed, he crash landed there and he's been looking for Sith artifacts. Yep, Sith holocrons. Which is a complete and utter womp. Like, who cares? That is the dumbest thing. He should be moving with purpose. He should not be accidentally anywhere. I no, don't think. I no. think he's a character where he's at the point now with his, his power so level smart. and his, his story arc. He should not be anywhere without a purpose. Yes. It also doesn't make sense because he does still have Crimson Dawn. He yeah. should. He should. Why still is he yeah. alone? What happened to Crimson Dawn? Yeah, what happened to it's, them? What is the story? That like? would have it's been It's still there. We know, yeah. this, we know that much. We, the, the comics have 
brought us up on the fact that, you know, he does train Kira yeah. uh, in, in some, you know, combat and shit. And then she does take over Crimson Dawn when he dies. And then Crimson Dawn goes on to ally with the rebels to help kind of sem- almost rescue the Han Solo and Carbonite, but then it ends up in Jabba's hands anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Kira's a helpful ally to the rebels down the line, but so where's Maul? We see him in Rebels uh, in that whole Malachor arc, and then Darth Vader shows up and yep. Maul escapes. Yep. And then in season three, Maul catches up with them again to try and convince Ezra to join the dark side, right? And then kill Kanan? I'm not quite sure on season three. He, they, they got a Jedi holocron, they got a Sith holocron. Yep. He, Maul can't combine the two. He gets Ezra to combine the two because when, with, when you get that, you get basically like you can see the future you can see absolute fate so from that maul can know where kenobi is and from that ezra can find the answer to defeating the sith to defeating darth vader quick thing on that i fucking hate that that's mm. fucking stupid yeah, <laughs> yeah fucking darth. But w- all it does is point them both to tatooine yes because the answer to both of their questions is luke so that's fun um i'm not a big fan of that at all and then does he go straight there in season three and then die uh, there's <laughs> in the story, yes, but Clone Wars and Rebels aren't uh, in chronological order. So in season four, he goes there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird. yeah, it's oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's honestly, and I don't even mind the ending of like I don't mind ending Kenobi and Maul ending together. Whatever, oh, I think it's fine. Great. Like it's a good tie-in. Yeah. yeah, but it's just the way it's handled, and it's yeah. such a weak. Fight. Oh, oh, so Emily okay. doesn't like the no, fight. No, no, no. We love the Emily. fight. Really? Yes. Um, there's I a... just I don't like that it's on tattoo. I just I don't need it. So you want like a big epic battle and stuff? And I think not even that. okay, not that. Not even that. Like I don't mind the quick death. Yeah, that's fine. That's whatever. It's the fact that they sit down and talk. You don't like that? <gasps> no. You don't think that's Talking, like poetic no. and beautiful? I think lightsaber fights is like. I think. Shit. I just think for a man that has that much rage, that much anger, that much planning, like, oh, I just... You don't think... You think he'd just go straight in for an angry, vengeful kid? No, I don't think he would attack Kenobi in the middle of nowhere. Like, in the middle of an open desert. Right. Like, I just think he would be more planned. Like, I want more of a plan than that. I don't just mm. want... He's going to be in the desert watching a kid. I'm just going to go up to him. You think he would make sure, like, have contingencies to make sure yes. no matter what like, Kenobi dies? for the man who has planned everything, I wanted more of a plan. That's interesting. I no, I don't, see that plan. I don't disagree with that. I feel like maybe he would have some contingencies. I'm like, I'm going to make, even if I do die, there's a bomb in me and you're going to yeah. die as well. Yeah, you know, something was, like that. Yeah. Your perspective on it? Well, you don't have one or? No, that's, that, uh, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I hadn't really, really considered that before, that no matter what, he would try and take Kenobi down, even if he did die Yeah, well. that's what I think, like, for a man so obsessive. Yeah, he's been obsessed, like, for a long time. He built spider legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your take, Melo? My, my thoughts on it are coming from where the creators were with that whole bit. So, in that episode, uh, Ezra, I think he does get there first or he gets there later. He, he runs into Kenobi also, like, he's just camping out in the desert, he's protecting Luke and, and Ezra and Kenobi have this great bit where he's just like, yeah, no, the, the, the future is secure anyway. On your way, you shouldn't be here. After you, your story is somewhere else, literally. Yeah. Maul gets there. Maul in this entire arc, as we know, with, you know, seemingly throwing Crimson Dawn at the wayside because he's just, he's hellbent. He's, he's, he's obsessed. He just wants to find Kenobi and he's not thinking straight. Because mm. if he was thinking straight, he would maybe plan some stuff. He is, again, by this point, at the end of his life, entirely driven by anger and sadness really and revenge he just wants to get there kill kenobi and the whole fight he you know they're, they're toying with each other he's tr- maul's just like why the fuck are you here what is going on and the same maul that you know was able to in the siege of mandalore figure out what sidious was doing has figured out that 
Obi-Wan is protecting the chosen one. Yeah. yeah. You know, the new chosen one. The whole lineage is the chosen one. We'll get to that debate later, but yeah. he's protecting Luke. And then he's like, right, well, I'm going to kill him. And that's enough for, for Kenobi. He's like, yep, cool. Nah, man. You have to die. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, why is he so obsessed with Kenobi at that point, though? It's still. Well, I it's guess it's Kenobi still. is the one reason for his downfall. But he wasn't like that in Siege of Mandalore. What do you mean? He wanted. Oh, he wanted Kenobi. He wanted Kenobi, but he also did all the planning. Yeah, he, he wasn't did have his opportunity. Singularly focused. Yeah. He was still being very smart yeah. and very well thought out. I feel out. like it was because it was a tumultuous time when it came to power. Yeah. You know, after after Sidious and the Emperor and the, and the Empire took rise, he's like, nah, I can't compete with this. But you know, it was back Not in the, the Clone Wars days. You still had that opportunity for him to sneak in, stake his claim. Yeah. But nah. I just think, yeah, I think, Emily, you bring up a really great point. It kind of, he loses some of that really sinister, really intelligent, that's, thoughtful planning that's that we I have seen from like, him before. Yeah, especially with Mandalore. Like, I kind of, even in Solo, when it's like, oh, Maul's behind again, I'm like, yeah, of course he is. Like, good on you. I think what what could have been really cool that they didn't do in Rebels is if they had Kenobi be more part of the story and be a more antagonistic foil to Maul and, have, and drive him to be that single-minded hmm. and drive him to lose all of the thoughtfulness and the... Yeah the careful planning and just go, fuck you, man. I'm sick yeah. of this. Yeah. It's been 40 years of your bullshit. I'm going to kill you. That's fair. Um, oh, another quick note. I think this is an important note when it comes to the character of Maul. Um, all of his stuff in Clone Wars, right up until Sidious does rock up on Mandalore, he's trying to get his attention. Yes. He wants yes. to curry favor. He's be like, Master, I've been here this whole time. You don't need this pretender. See how far I crawled back to you. Yeah. yeah. And then Sidious is like, nah, man, you <laughs> failed me. Fuck off. And yeah. I'm going to use you as a tool and kill your brother. Yeah. From that point on, terrified of Sidious but he was also terrified of Vader yeah and there's a reason he was more was having these visions and, and the, you can see his response in that episode he is terrified of Vader yeah. one more thing I want to point out so season two of Rebels it's on Malachor you see Maul and he escapes yep. season three of Rebels is the Holocrons somewhere around there we see him in the solo movie as well right yeah. canonically yeah um in in uh, the alleged oh, Star Wars wait. canon no sorry uh solo is like earlier Oh, sorry. I asked before. earlier. Sorry. If, no, I forgot. This you're the time Because Rebels is like four years before. And okay. Hope and Solo's in that middle. Well, then forget 10, that. I know? was trying to figure out but, where it would be. So it's before Rebels? Yeah. So a bunch of shit. Again, a bunch That's of fine. shit happened between Solo and Rebels. What? That allowed yeah. him to go. Yeah. Like, so I'm guessing he stepped down as CEO <laughs> of the company. <laughs> he had a resignation letter. Yeah. Do you think he like held yeah, like a little board meeting? It was the head meeting? of someone's body. <laughs> and he, he was able to become still the owner of the business, but from afar and just yeah. taking in the wealth so that he could go on his holidays looking for Obi-Wan Looking for Kenobi. sweet Sith artifacts and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. But uh, Kira's been good for the business. You know, <laughs> profitable. <laughs> I really would love to see like quarterly reviews where he's like sitting in a boardroom with Kira and he's like loving the direction yeah okay Proper so we've, we've outlined the the rough beats of maul's story and where he ends uh on tatooine in the arms of kenobi dying mm. which you know for the most part i am a really big fan of i think that's a great poetic death for him oh also yeah that, that bit though when he does fail and there's, there's a moment you see in his face when he realizes he was wrong was he's wasted up. his entire life that and then he talks to kenobi about like luke you know avenging maul avenging the jedi like like, like you know like yeah luke is the, the that whole episode is basically Filoni saying that Luke's now the chosen one. I, I Yeah, I'm not saying that I don't like that like ending ending because I do like that. I like that they come back together. I just, you want more? Just, just wanted man. something more, yeah. I think Mandalore just set my expectations so high with Maul, like yeah. the whole Mandalore siege that I was just like... I, I like Rebels, but I don't think you can compare Clone Wars and Rebels. That's not fair to Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Yeah... I'm going to take a little bit of a detour for now. We've outlined all of Maul's story. Yep. And we're going to talk about a little bit 
what Lucas had in, in mind yep. for the sequels. Yep. And a big part of his pitches and his ideas was having Darth Maul be the new Darth Sidious and having Darth Talon be the new Darth Vader. And that was his story. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all, Emily. I know bits. No bits and pieces. Yeah. Okay. So Darth Talon, I think we've got on our, our little wall here. She's the uh, Twi'lek uh, Sith. And very cool character design. Mm. I, I think character-wise, he was writing her as like a seductive femme fatale. To try and seduce uh, the son of Han and, and yeah. Leia. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also yeah. brings into some some questions like, We've never seen a Twi'lek with red skin before. Yeah. How'd that happen? Well, I mean, tattoos, I guess. Does Maul... Okay, does Maul have... Red. So he's red. red. He is red. He, and his brother's the, yellow. And his bro- bro- brother's but yellow. the markings are tattoos. Yeah. The markings, so the yeah. black markings the are the tattoos. The tattoo. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe they could just make her red. I don't know. <laughs> she's all, born red all, and they're like, maybe oh, she's I've got a bad red. feeling about tan. this one. You know what? Actually, that is a cool pre- uh, cool fantasy thing when like uh, certain species or races and stuff like that are born a different color or with different eye, eye colors and stuff like that. Mm. It's like, oh, that's like an omen. Yeah. So perhaps she was born that way. She's born with red skin and it, she was an outcast. Became and the then Maul yeah. finds her and she's like, oh, someone just like me, an outcast, a survivor. Mm. I've always liked the idea that Maul sees a lot of himself in Darth Talon. Yeah. Whatever that yeah. may look yeah. like one day. But anyway, so... That was what Filoni, no, that was what Lucas was pitching uh, for the villains of the story. And for, you know, the the character who would go on to become Ben Solo to be tempted to the dark side by these two characters and betray Luke, who is in Lucas's pitch, a hermit as well. Yeah. It's very interesting. But for his reasons, um, he was also pitching a similar thing that we're doing, which is that, you know, the the underworld would become a a villain. And that because Lucas did... It was Lucas's story, this Clone Wars one, where Maul becomes a leader of this this underworld. But he was kind of starting it there. Yeah. And would somehow have him, you know, evading Sidious and evading Luke for 50 years. Yes. Underground, still having this criminal empire and then making a resurgence in his time of the sequels. Yes. Mm. So that is a big question. We're going to circle back to that yeah. one in a sec. Um, but I think uh, important to point out, Lucas... I read a bunch of interviews uh, over the weekend of different things Lucas has said over the years, constantly changing. Yeah. And even other writers and other directors were always like, look, man, Lucas always says he has a plan, <laughs> yeah. and then he changes it every year of, like, what is happening, what is the story? Which yeah. is, like, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, a lot of creative types usually keep that under wraps. Because yeah, no, it does he, change a lot, he, whereas Lucas is just like, I'll just talk out loud. He thinks is, out loud a lot, yeah. 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 Which is, you know, it's fine, it's an approach. It's just important to keep in mind that he was changing his mind quite a bit. Yeah. And the, the yeah. chronology of the, these events might not be directly, like, synced up. But, uh, yeah, I did see a lot of Maul and Talon popping up. I would actually... Talon reminds me a lot of Ventress. Like, if yeah. like if they did have to swap it out in Clone Wars, I would have loved to seen a Ventress and Maul team up in the same way that Ventress has that same level of obsession and proving her master wrong. Yeah. Like, she hates Dooku the same way Maul fears yeah. Sidious. Like, and they would have been a powerful... That's fair. He also took Darth Talon from Legends. Mm. Darth Talon was the apprentice of... Darth Crate, mm. formerly Sharad Het, one of the. Uh, this is a whole thing from the Kenobi book. This is a really cool thing from Legends, actually. Okay. He was uh, a, a, a Tuscan Raider. Like, so there was a Tuscan Raider Jedi during in the Legends during the time of Clone Wars, Very who cool. then pissed off back to Tatooine during the Purge, and then his son. It was either a Sharad or Sharad were the son and the father. Anyway, he goes to fight Obi-Wan at some point, and Obi-Wan just disgraces him, and then he becomes an outcast of the Tuscan people, eventually becomes a Sith Lord known as Darth Krait, as in Krait Dragon. Oh, and that's his cool. armor is made of Krait Dragon bones. I've seen that's the concept cool. art. Yeah. yeah. And Darth Talon was his apprentice. Well, there you go. That is very cool. So he stole cool. that. Also, a quick thing. Now, this isn't great for an auditory 
medium. But if you haven't seen the concept art for Darth Maul, go look at concept art because we've got it on the board here and it's this girl from the ring, yeah, creepy seen. fucking thing. So go find that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to have an unpleasant day, go yeah, do that. Do it. In our rewrite of Kenobi, which is one of our more uh, recent episodes, you and I both pitched that mm. we keep <laughs> Darth Maul's death the same. Yep. So for this little journey, we're going to forget all of that, all of our previous, I'd say, pretty good ideas. They were, yeah. they were good pitches. Um, and we're going to go all the way back to just after the Siege of Mandalore and the period post-Siege of Mandalore all the way up into A New Hope. Can we see Maul staying alive for that entire period? Forgetting everything we know about Rebels and Solo and all of the actual canon stuff, mm. everything we know about Sidious and Vader and the Inquisitors and, you know, if the Inquisitor are actually going to be around. Yep. Can we see Darth Maul making it to A New Hope? Does that make sense? If he remains underground. Yeah. If it, you know, because Sidious is now, it's like, I'm done. If we can, if we can reason that Sidious is like, I'm done with all this, this petty shit. I'm now the emperor. Yeah. I've got bigger fish to fry, bigger old ambitions. And, you know, when he starts to deem other things as not being a threat to him, like Maul and his little criminal operation. Yeah. Then, yeah. Because that's the way he sees Jabba. Yeah. yeah, he sees Jabba yeah. as inconsequential and small. A means to an end. A means to an end, and he can be used and stuff like that. And they, they have a cooperation with the criminal empire. Yep. But does he see a Sith that way? I think he would see Maul as a threat. He's not a Sith. Yeah. I don't think he's threatened by Maul. I, I, I don't think he, he doesn't recognize his authority. He, shit, he shits the kick out of him. He kicks the shit out of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in Clone Wars. Throws you know? him around like And a now he's doll. got Vader, mm. you know. Yeah. I just feel like I mean, Jabba the Hutt is just a different, like, oh, a, a Hutt crime lord empire family, great. A, a crime organization, the Crimson Dawn, yeah. run by someone who has Sith powers and a lightsaber, I feel like could be a threat. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, but I think it's, I think it would also be interesting, I think, more getting angry that he's not being recognized as a threat, and that would be, <laughs> that would be his ultimate yeah. flaw. He's like, okay, so, so what do you he's... mean you're not sending Inquisitors after me? So you could see, like, him being building up the Crimson Dawn, making it bigger, taking yes. on an apprentice to yeah. try and well, I also <laughs> get noticed. I, see, I think the other thing about the Inquisitors is I, like, when I was watching the, you know, other shows, they don't look as much of a threat. Yeah. And I think compared to Maul, who, again, can somewhat hold himself against Ahsoka when she's at, not a prime, but she's very, very good, and yep. Obi-Wan Kenobi, he just wouldn't, the Inquisitors aren't that much of a threat. So I feel like in my brain, Sidious should be threatened by him. But is it worth it? I think that's is it the, worth, yeah. the back is it and worth forth. getting oh, yeah. Inquisitors killed by Maul? Yeah. I see what happens as as we're you know meant to believe that it is in the canon. That is like Maul gets reality checked with Mandalore. Once the siege of Mandalore is over, it's just like right. If I want to make this work, if I want to stay out of the eye of Sidious, who's clearly got bigger stuff going on, I just have to go completely underground. Yeah, and I can still have my power and make my riches and whatever my motivation is now, but it has to be underground. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As I could see it, I could see that definitely working, like you say, underground, if he's not being flashy, mm. if he's not waving his lightsaber around, if no, he's not oh, being I like would... this big warrior guy. Once, once there's a purge happens, I would never use a lightsaber again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. especially, I think, again, in that episode where Sidious tosses him around, yeah. like he's nothing. Ragdoll. Especially since Maul is like terrifying in that fight, just nothing. And then that takes us to A New Hope. And then we have the events of, I think it's like a three, four year period yeah. from A New Hope up to Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, so that, that whole period there, Maul would be watching the proceedings and he'd be very interested in the Empire Strikes Back, uh, fallout of like the Han being tossed around yep. and potentially Kira being involved in that as well. 
um, if, if she is a part of the Crimson Dawn, if she is working for him indirectly. And then, obviously, uh, Return of the Jedi, the Empire Falls. And then he's like, brilliant, my opportunity. So my question is, what would his, what would it look like for him to make it all the way through to that period, to the start of the end of Return of the Jedi? The, the, the thing is, he'd have to, he'd have to stop seek, seeking the thing that he has sought his entire life. It's Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. And that would never happen. Okay. You know, he would, he would, he would never give up. If he's going underground, sure, he's going underground, but using this network that he has, he, he knows he's alive, you know? Outside Kenobi, he would need something to obsess about. So what could he possibly obsess about that would hold the same value of Kenobi? Even if he's like, look, chasing Kenobi is not going to end well for me. I've got to set a new goal. Mm. Revenge against the, the Sith is like his actual, another key ambition he has. Revenge against Sidious for taking his life and destroying it. So he's slowly his like, actually taking down the Sith and the Rebels. Like, we're doing really well. It's actually just more. That's the thing, though. He couldn't, because, again, he'd reveal himself. So it, it kind of just has to become... That's how he goes mad. Kenobi. <laughs> so, what, like, you know, what, what's some other obsessions that he could find, you know, in the underground state that could benefit him? Gambling? He could get really into <laughs> He just develops a really big gambling problem. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. Were the characters so driven around Kenobi, like... So that's the thing. If he is using his resources and his, his spy network and, that, and everything to find Kenobi, how would he find Kenobi if Kenobi is just hiding out on Tatooine? And then we get a new hope where they leave Tatooine. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan leaves Tatooine for the first time in maybe, what, 15, 20 years? 10? Oh, wait, where's a new hope? Oh, 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, sorry. Leaves first time in 20 years and goes on this really short adventure, mm. his last ride, because yep. he dies on the Death Star. Yeah. What possible opportunity would Darth Maul have to find him? Well, if we think back to, and now go listen to that Kenobi episode, because this was my pitch. Uh, in that time, you know, we know that, that Obi-Wan becomes this, this, this wizard yeah. Crazy old hermit who lives in the desert that the locals know about. Yeah. I pitched in that that he would have he would have to have at some point a run in with with local criminals or Tuscans or something just enough just enough to get him on the radar, maybe not of Jabba, but of someone. And yeah. if Maul's network is strong enough, eventually Kenobi would inadvertently reveal himself. Not to a larger empire that doesn't care about the hearts. Again, yeah. as we've said, none of this shit happening out in Tatooine, but to someone in the right spheres like Maul. He, yeah. he would hear about it. So, the huts control Tatooine. Yeah. I feel like, plausibly, there's enough to say that Maul wouldn't have any control or influence there. But uh, alliances, perhaps? I definitely think an alliance. Yeah. Definitely. you got one of two ways when it comes to those criminal organizations. Cooperate yeah. or, or, you know, be it adversity, you know? I guess what I'm looking for here is just, just like a, a plausible way to get Maul from never having interacted with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because... In a way, it feels very poetic for his story to end there, to end mm. with Kenobi. Yep. But I don't know. I uh, feel like there is a space for him in the story beyond those three, well, the, I, the, I, the original trilogy. I do have another idea. Uh, time travel. <laughs> time travel. No. Uh, so in A New Hope, Obi-Wan gets involved in this whole conflict, yada, yada, yada. Maul hears about that at some point, that Kenobi was there, and then his motivation switches to, right, Let's just defeat the apprentice of Kenobi. Mm. That'll be satisfying enough. And yeah. then Luke and Maul have a run-in at some point, and Luke wins. Wait, wait, wait. Luke has a run-in with with Maul. Maul seeks out Luke. Mm. Uh, if you know, if he may, if he's alive by this point, learns that Luke is is Kenobi's apprentice. Seeks out Luke. Luke has to win. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. And then he dies at Luke's hands. He dies at Luke's hands. Either that way, the- I I still don't see him making it. Maybe maybe this can happen after Return of the Jedi. I don't see him making it to Force Awakens. 
because okay. of one of these factors. Yeah. There is a lot. There is a lot standing in his yeah. way there. It's all personal motivation. He doesn't care about his empire. Yeah. It's a network that he can use to get stuff. Yeah. He loves having power, but it is like power in the service of personal motivation. Yeah. You know, of like seeking out dumbass motivations. Yeah. My question also is how powerful is Darth Maul on his own? Not with his network, like as a fighter on his own. Strong. Yeah. But he'll get old at some point. Yeah. Because he isn't training. If he's just like, being, if he's just being a boss, a little CEO, yeah. he's not training in those stars. Like, <laughs> no, he... You spend too much time in the office. And I believe that. Yeah. Well, like, how powerful, especially next to Kenobi and Luke and stuff. Yeah. So Luke, before Empire Strikes Back, wouldn't be strong enough to face Maul. No. But after that point, Return okay. of the Jedi, Luke. So, definitely established that there's some really strong story roadblocks stopping Maul from getting to anything past Return of the Jedi. Yeah. However, yeah. forget about all of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, forget about the, the reasons. <laughs> go on this journey with me because I've been thinking a lot about uh, our, our pitch for The Force Awakens yeah. as, it, as it stands in episode, what, 30? Fucking episode 30 of the show? Sure. Anyway. You gonna um, change it all? Here's the question. Would Maul and Talon, would Darth Maul and Darth Talon fit within our current ideas of the sequels? Nah. As the wielders of red lightsabers because we don't have any of those. Is one, is, are we back on this? Yeah. I will walk off this show. Um, <laughs> we don't have any of those. We don't have yeah. a red lightsaber wielder. We have only Captain Phasma as our key antagonist yeah. of the story. Were you, you, want, you, you hear about this debate that Bryce and Sandra and I had. Do we have it on camera? I on think so once? at some point, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, you know, there's certain non-negotiable things that Star Wars movies need. And red lightsabers was one of them. Red lightsaber like, versus blue lightsaber yeah. is one I, of them. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> honestly, not when it doesn't make sense. But it always makes sense. Because that's what Star sense. Wars is. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think Phasma is cool enough to ignore red lights. Like, I think if you Phasma. Yeah. Because we're all about the legacy. We're talking about the legacy of the Empire, the legacy of the Sith. That's what our trilogy is about. And we can also have the legacy of Maul, because I've also got a pitch for us okay. a bit later, unless we want to hear it now. At the end of the day, it's good versus evil. It doesn't matter how evil represents itself. Often it does with red lightsabers. This is true. But just just imagine you're going to the movie theater. You look at the poster. I would. the okay, only I villain would... you can see on there is Captain Phasma in her look. chrome helmet. Wow. Doesn't she look cool? Look. Look. Oh. Do you see what I mean? Oh, There's no, no Sith Lord on the poster. Yep. Not even on the... It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Look. I have to kind of side with. Like, <laughs> but when you think Star Wars, you do think lightsaber battles. You think those and Sith classic... Lord. So the whole... The... You know, the lofty ambition of opening a closed book that is Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Chapter ends at episode six. Yep. The the only way you can continue that is with compromise. You know, you have to compromise certain things and you can't you can't risk what was previously established. So what was previously established was all the Sith are defeated. Mm. Hooray. You know, that's that's good. There will be other adversaries though. And, you know, that's what we're running with. Yeah. Well, I mean, even removing Sith from the quake, just because Sith are gone doesn't mean lightsabers are. Doesn't mean like weapons are. Like you some, don't some some aren't. Maybe the red the red ones are gone. We saw them fall I down know. a shaft. A shaft. They're gone. And blow up after the shaft led to the thing that blows up. Yeah, I don't know. Look, even if it's not a red lightsaber, you can have some lightsaber battles. I think that would satisfy enough. There is. We've got one. <laughs> I think it would satisfy enough. But I also, like, even with red lightsabers, like, looking at the photo, like, any Darth Vader 
It's more about Darth Vader. It's not he has a red lightsaber. It's yeah. Darth Vader and things. So as long as Phasma has been established as that overwhelming thought, it's her silhouette, not necessarily the weapon she's holding. What if she wields like a sword, right? What, what if she like wields like a, like a Beskar sword? Beskar sword is pretty sick. Yeah. And she paints it red. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can have a red handle. So we've been talking a lot about red the crime underworld and stuff. We love introducing the crime underworld as a key antagonistic force in the story. Yep. And we've been pitching this idea of like a Gendai who's this really ancient very mysterious, uh, warmongering underworld leader. Yeah. Swap him out for Darth Maul and Darth Talon. Yeah. That feels like it works. It's The only thing there is that they're Sith, though. That's yep. what doesn't work for me. How so? Because they shouldn't be allowed to get to that point. Well, they can. Do you think? Just imagine that they can. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that Darth Maul is so recognized throughout the galaxy that he could just be like, guys, I'm literally not a Sith. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you think like... Yep. How well is he known by just like the crime underworld as a Sith that he could get away yeah, with just my, removing that part of himself? Russ, I guess my problem is that, yeah, he, he would rear his head before this point in time. We're talking 20 years after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. Um, we would love to make the stars align for all of these events, but that's, that's too many coincidences for me. He would... He would once the emperor is dead, it's like there's your opportunity. There's your moment. And then he to would he's jump out, seize yeah. power. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would betray who so, he is. To be so, so I, I I can level with you and say that he is a key villain of the fantastic show idea that we have <laughs> that'll never get made. Yeah, and never be written in just ideas on a page like Lucas himself. Yeah. Um, he's got some of those. Yeah. Can I talk? Can I talk some ideas? Yeah, now? yeah, hit yeah, me. Cool. Yeah. Okay, because so let's even say that he gets to that point because that's even later than I thought he could ever get to. <laughs> but let's say, yeah, let's say, let's say, for instance, that he does this Gendai character who I do really like because I like the idea that our key villain is, you know, like Phasma's still doing shit in episode eight, but we're going to take a moment to like step aside from Phasma, talk about this other key villain because we're talking about the crime world. Episode eight's all about this, this crime world stuff. His influence would be. Uh, felt beyond his death, you know, as Crimson Dawn would be continued by his apprentice. This Gendai character, ancient or not, a Gendai is a really cool creature. Go look up Dirge. Oh, are you saying Gendai with a red lightsaber? Or not yet? Okay. Um, not yet. Sure. Okay. No, how, no. I how was would just... I say that? No. Okay. You said I just I've never thought of Gen the Gendai continuing Maul's Crimson Dawn. Right. That's never been Sorry, a thing in my this head. This is my new thing. Okay. So the Gendai. Character would be Maul's apprentice. Okay, cool. Continue Crimson Dawn. The Gendai, despite having no Darth Side abilities, though, would operate in a similar way to Maul from the shadows. Thus, they'd kind of embody yeah. some of the philosophies of the Sith. For sure. That's that legacy. You know, things get continued. Uh, and then I've always said the Gendai, I pitched a while back, would be kind of like a weapons dealer. Yeah. This is this character who would seek out the Death Star tech and try to, you know, steal it essentially after the destruction of the de second death star when we're in this you know nuclear arms race state he'd get a hold of it so come episode eight now story this is who phasma's communicating with this is who the the new republic is communicating with and so for leia and our heroes they're thinking right there's this nuclear war how do we stop a nuclear war let's take it out at the source and then deal with these these factions who want it we take out the weapons manufacturer things get easier so Whilst the Empire, after its destruction, would spread to the far reaches of the galaxy and certain high-ranking Imperials and remnants would integrate and invade uh, former criminal planets, the Gendai's operation would, again, just stay underground, out of the way, unknown, and they would inhabit, inhabit uh, Coruscant, or what's left of it, because we've pitched that it would get destroyed at the, at the final like, yeah. battle at the death of the Empire. 
Okay. Yeah. Now it lost me right at the end. There. Yeah. No, there's a whole lot of waffle in there. <laughs> but yeah. So what? Okay. Where's the Gendai and what is he doing? He's just in the Cor- center of Coruscant. Coruscant. Okay. Underground. Yeah. No. I really like that. Um, Chilling. But has inherited yes, basically the, the Shadow Collective. Collective. I really Collective. like what you what you've pitched there with the Gendai being in some way an apprentice of or the the successor of yeah. Maul. I like that. And if you want, that can be done in a real, real symbolic sort of way where he just gets his lightsaber. Then he then he's got one. Then someone has it. I, yeah, a lightsaber. Yeah, I feel like there is a place for Darth Talon in that. Probably is. In that mix as well. So let's take that. Make Darth Talon the leader of it then. We go to the end of Maul's life. Yep. We have Crimson Dawn. It is very powerful, but very underground. Yep. Maul is leading it. But yep. Maul is an in- a very flawed person. He is obsessed with Kenobi. And everyone below him sees this obsession is it's going to rip the Crimson Dawn apart. Yep. It's going to be the, the, the cause of the downfall of this organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Gendai and Darth Talon organize a betrayal, a backstab. Yep. They who oust is, Maul. Who is Darth Talon? Is Darth Talon, did Maul really take on an apprentice though? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? He's, he's, shown, a, two, I mean. he's shown a long history of taking on apprentices. Mm. Um, and I feel like he would, he would, he would take on a yep. new one as well. But are they Sith? Because as I noted, Maul grew to hate the Sith because of Sidious betrayal. He hates the Sith, but he loves power. He does, and he loves the dark side. There's nothing more powerful than the dark side. And he loves a good red lightsaber, much like Price, apparently. Loves, loves, yeah. Loves, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loves to see it. Darth Maul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Confirmed. I feel like he'd take on an apprentice uh, and he'd train her in the ways of the Sith, but say, like, the Sith are flawed. We've got a, you and me one day are going to kill right. um, Sidious and Vader. Would it be... Like a dark side, like a new and new and uh, revised dark side, or would it be like, here's my ideas of the core tenets of the Sith. Yeah, I still I, want to be a Sith. Yeah, I could see him like revising it right. um, for himself. Do you do you think that Maul would honestly think he could take on Vader and Sidious, especially after being so? I think he maybe fantasizes about it, hmm. but really he wants Kenobi. That's the yeah, thing he's that, yeah. practically thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, oh, I hate Sidious and Vader. Once I, will, I kill, Kenobi. I will kill them one day. Yeah, but really all he's actually thinking about is Kenobi. Yep. That's kind of what I've got in my head. And then so the Gendai is a part of their operation. They betray Maul. Maul goes crazy, heads right for Kenobi. Yep. And then we get some of our pitches and whatever that story looks like where it is the the end of Maul's life and, and Kenobi kills him. But that leaves us with Crimson Dawn now run by people who are dedicated to running Crimson Dawn. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the Gendai who's all about that operation, staying underground, being a weapons manufacturer, essentially. And Darth Talon. Where yeah. does that leave her? That's a great question. Because does she then, you know, is she happy to be like, cool, I'm, I'm top dog Sith, but there is this other guy yeah. who's also there, you know? I mean, I think Darth Talon could also be like a really good kind of flashy excuse for like this criminal organization to kind of use her as like, um, because obviously if we are looking at the Empire, they can't get too big. They can't, they have to stay underground. Yeah. If they just create Darth Talon as like a flashy excuse that wastes the Empire's time and waste and kind of. Like, whenever something bad happens that this criminal organization does, they just blame Darth mm. Talon. Huh. What? Like, like it's the like ultimate... Like Yeah, like an ultimate escape dog. Once again, though, I don't think they can reveal themselves until after Sidious and Vader are dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, here's... Okay, let's... Maybe not Darth Talon. Maybe Darth Maul takes on a different apprentice, mm. and then that apprentice becomes the master, and then that master takes on Darth Talon. And that's the... <laughs> that's how we see Darth Talon because that makes more sense age-wise okay. over like the lineage of, of how we get to Force Awakens that like person rears its head yeah when immediately after the fall of the Empire and then Luke yes. gets involved yes and Luke stops it all um, at, the, at, the, no, at, the, at that point in time yeah yeah, yeah. this <laughs> yeah. is true but yeah. the Crimson Dawn organization that it, it makes sense for that to continue yeah. all the way up until the Force Awakens yeah. so if you have a Sith leading that 
Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be like stamped out immediately. We're still going to have criminal organizations at the start of Force Awakens. Yeah. So why not have a criminal organization that is run by, by a Sith? secretive Sith? That's, that's 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 my whole problem. The I think the, it the criminal can't be a Sith. it can't be a Sith. Can't. They're too flat. Like just nothing about Sith in the past have ever gone subtle. Yeah. The like, only... Are you sure about oh, that? No, no. You're, you're <laughs> I mean, we're gonna say the whole. Okay. No, I still. Because I've got a pretty good rebuttal. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's talk about what you're gonna talk about. The Sith remained underground for a thousand years until Sidious chose to be like, "Hi, yeah, it's me." Um, you know, even he remained underground for most of his life. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that legacy of the Sith works anymore. I don't think that can continue. It's just that, you know, that, that the, the chain was broken. Mm. The, the, you know, the, if, if we talk about it in terms of like a, let's think of it like a, like a real family lineage, right? Uh, and, and Vader was the last child in the family, yet died with no offspring, no Sith offspring. Whatever this is, is growing from something else. And why would they care about remaining underground if they don't, if they don't get it? They don't understand what it means to be a Sith. I I disagree. I think, um, honestly, I think that lends more into the story that we've had for a long time of, like, this idea of legacy and that the dark side will always come back. Mm. So, like, similar to Phasma being, like, this representation of the, the First Order and what that means, it's, like, this perverted idea of what the Empire was and, like, yeah. a fantasized idea of what the Empire is. I think, similar to that, uh, a perverted idea of what the Sith is um, and, like, a confused twisted over time idea it's still like oh this is different and it's changed but fundamentally it's still very similar to what Darth Sidious represented as well yeah I think that's interesting so let's let's humor the idea that a Sith has remained underground a Sith and an apprentice unthinkable more pr- preferably just the one yeah because there's too many characters um what's happening how are they what's why 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 if 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 at this time of our episode seven or eight why are they revealing themselves or are they being revealed i think this comes into like okay what is happening galactically and that is the kaiba arms race right that is the the cold war period of the the 20 years and i feel like they'd be trying to manipulate and move these kaiba crystals take control of as many as possible build the tech and stay hidden from the new republic and be trying to win that shadow war um that would be my pitch is that yeah right trying to make a move there are these secretive secretive secret sith still involved in, like, the underworld? Like, with the Gendai and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, a criminal faction run by Sith. Right. That is my pitch. I don't. I also, I feel like I find it quite interesting, the Sith relationship with criminals in general. Like, I know they view them as to a means to an end, but I feel like they kind of look down on them mm. in a regard that the Sith, with their ideas of selfishness and power, and there can only be one, like, the idea of, sharing <laughs> yeah. yeah having an organization the, yeah yeah i find it really hard to not their fault what was yeah. maul's perspective on that on what on the the shadow collective he was at the top yeah exactly yeah but how did he look on his subordinates so that you see that between him and previsla because they they agree to form this thing as equals both having plans to betray each other yeah previsla could have been a good sith yeah he had a lightsaber and all that shit i yeah. think yeah that's like a fundamental like sith attitude it's yeah. just like We'll be in a partnership and yep. your fingers Until are we're not. crossed yeah, behind yeah, yeah. your back kind of thing. Um, and it's so like all... you, you know that each of you are going to try and betray each other. Yes, and so that culminates in an actual fight for the throne of Mandalore and the rights of the Darksaber and the right to rule Mandalore. Yes, I've seen that. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That more wins. Yeah. So, you know, he always saw himself as the top, always putting Savage Press in his place. How long was he working with Pre A few months when they put that whole thing together and then he killed him. Yeah, yeah. so that's a few months before he... 
betrayed him. Yeah. How, and he's working with an apprentice for like years. Yeah. Yeah. That can work for him because he's an he's his yeah. apprentice. Mole could not have been the apprentice to anyone ever again at any point in his life. Yeah. He saw himself as at the top. He was only doing Sidious's bidding because uh, he wiped the floor with him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Can you imagine Maul as a Sidious-type figure, ancient and powerful, but physically weak, with an apprentice who plots against him? Wait, I think that's a cool mental image. What's his motivation? That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. This hot, if he can get over this Kenobi obsession, then yes. If but I don't get think over he can. No, that's, that's what kept him alive for yeah. 10 years on a scrap, scrap heap. Yeah. yeah. It does feel like it defines his life and should define his death as well. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would like to definitely see some more of the maniacal side, some more of the like evil planning, bidding and stuff. Because we see, we see the outcomes of it. We see Mandalore. We see that he survived all those years. But we don't actually see the like actual planning or anything like that that proves to me that he's smart or genius or blah, blah, blah. Mm. Here's something that I did think would be interesting. If Maul were to make it to The Force Awakens, be a part, a big part of the trilogy as an antagonistic force, and be interested in Kyberlazers, interested in Exegol, and, you know, using Exegol as, like, a means for, uh, you know, eternal life, right? Yep. If he was being manipulated by Sidious from beyond the grave, not, like, directly, like, there's no Force Ghost of Sidious, because that's not a thing, but if he was being manipulated into I'm going to do this thing because I want to be powerful, but ultimately it results in Sidious returning and him losing all of his power. I felt that that could be a really ironic way for him to end his life, to be get to being ancient. And he's like, I've figured it out. I finally conquered death, but no, he has continued to until his final day to serve Sidious's interest and be uh, much weaker than Sidious. And then he dies. That could be really fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like the tragedy in that. Yeah. A really, really dark tragedy. Yeah, but I also hate the idea of Sidious coming back. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, just that just hurts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I think Maul's life should just have the tragedy continued through it. He starts with a tragedy. He ends with a tragedy. I think there needs to be more stuff that, like, his descent to madness and obsession through Obi-Wan needs to be fueled through tragedy. Even if he forms, not a connection, but, like, trust in his Padawan. And then, be, and then gets betrayed? Yeah. Yeah. Like, something like that. And dying a pitiful death. Yeah. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's hard to flesh out a character whose one obsession has so much more going on. He's yeah. like Gollum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a good That's a good comparison. Okay, so he takes on Darth Talon as his apprentice. Uh, Darth Talon and potentially the Gendai betray him. That gives us a, let's say she's 20 at that point. That yep. gives us a 40 to 50-year-old yep. Darth Talon by the time we get to Force yeah. Awakens. Okay. Now, you're level with me here. She can make it to episode eight if she's not Darth anything. Yeah. Because again, these, these Sith tenets would not work well with her having to share command with this other person, would not work well with her wanting to, you know, when the Emperor is dead, poke her head up and be yep. like, yo. I'm no, here. if she had been taught by Maul, then yeah, she would be making these stupid decisions. Well, maybe she's better than that. Maybe yeah. this is the thing. Maybe, she's learned from him. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if Maul was consumed by all of this hatred and this old Sith ideology, if she's new dark side, yeah. red lightsaber, but new dark side, then maybe new principles, new yeah. ideas. Which makes her so much more terrifying, I think. Makes her more, way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Way more interesting. So she could potentially be interested in cooperation, working with the Gendai. Yep. And that could potentially be like why they are successful for so long and have so much power. It could be an opportunity to explore other motivations of the dark side as well. Yeah. Other ideas yeah. apart from just like rage and fear and greed and shit. All right. 
Well, this has been very, very interesting, but mm. I've kind of run out of topics. No, I think that's it. We've, you know, we're in this tumultuous state of, right, we've yeah. raised lots of things. Because Time to go think about it. this is something I've been thinking about and something that I'm, I'm thinking we, we might need. It's just a bit more of an antagonistic force, a bit more from the from the dark side stuff. Yep. We are like just aesthetically missing a dark robe and a black and a red lightsaber. Um, and I think... You can put someone in the background in the dark robe. <laughs> yeah, there's one kid. And I think there is an interesting... Johnny dark robe. <laughs> there is not a Darth Vader place for that character. We don't need that in the story. We have Captain Phasma as yep. our leading villain. But yep. I think there is an interesting spot that is left... That could be filled by someone with a red lightsaber in in a way that we haven't thought of yet. So I've been just yeah tinkering around with those ideas and wanted to throw it out into the podcast this month. And next month we've got four weeks ish, Mellow, yep. to really sit down and write out a big long list of things that we want to do in episode eight and nine, and potentially even episode seven if we want to go back and uh, reintroduce some of these ideas. Um, because that'll be next episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, that that'll be our March episode. Yeah. Well, so, I think this is a good like lead into that to be like right. Yeah. We're going to be addressing villains and stuff because we do need to flesh out Phasma more. That's something we've always said is like, there's something missing here. There is something missing um, there. So. And I think, you know, someone like Darth Talon could be a good uh, way to complement Phasma and introduce some more interesting dynamics between characters and with motivations and all that kind of stuff and what our end goals are. Because we need to know what the end goal is for episode nine to really figure it out. So I think that'll be a good discussion next week. Yep. Emily, any final notes from you? No, it's good. Yeah, more villains. More villains. More villains. More yeah, brutality. I think we need a more a bigger rogues gallery because they had a really good. They both trilogies have a great rogues gallery. Well, the, the this the originals don't have a rogues gallery. Yeah, they got the bounty hunters. They uh, they, they line them up they, like a gallery. Yeah, they <laughs> do fucking nothing. One of them does something <laughs> for one film. Boba Fett's only cool in Empire. Yeah, um, but I think you know you have Darth Vader and Moff Tarkin. Yeah, and then you've got Boba Fett like and Darth Vader. Bitch. No, but he's so cool. He he's such cool. an iconic Until villain. Dies. And then you've got uh, Sidious and Darth Vader in the final movie. That's a great lineup of villains. And then I think prequels, I would argue, is even stronger. No, it's villains. much better. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the prequels has a rogues gallery. The originals does not. I think it does. By comparison to, there's two Sith, three Sith, and a and a fucking maniac with four arms. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fucking rules. Yeah. I mean. Like, because you can't compare, I'm just going to get into this debate now. You can't compare Newt Gunray to Tarkin. <laughs> no, you cannot. No. I think I think Tarkin makes the original trilogy a gallery because it's an interesting lineup because you got Boba Fett, a bounty hunter. You got a Sith, two Sith, bleh, two Sith, Perfect. and then an officer. Yep. Sounds of, like the start uh, of a joke. Yep. We're, we're walking to a bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got good. Jabba. You got, now let's talk about the admirals, man. Can't discredit the admirals. Admiral Peart. Uh, Captain Nida, Admiral Piet, some dirty. other motherfucker. I don't know. Moff Jared. <laughs> anyway, a that exists. Do you, this is so super. Do you think they have serial killers in Star Wars? Hey, that's a really interesting question. I don't think they care <laughs> that they're serial killers because it's Star Wars. You know, it's lawless essentially. That feels like it could be an interesting comic. What? Like a one-off comic of a Star Wars serial killer going yeah. around the galaxy just offing people. Yeah. Anyways, this has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, and we're here every month talking about Star Wars and writing. If you want to see more, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. While you're there, make sure you give us five stars, a follow, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back next month with a new episode, but until then, may the force be with you.